Hello, 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 my lovelies. Yes, it is Ben Random here, and this is Loose Lips, the Good Vibes Only chat show. And we have our next guest coming up, David Kiss. He is a DJ, and he also is a booker for a popular club night, sorry, club itself in New York called uh, House of Yes. If you're not familiar with it, get yourself online give him a follow he's been doing some instagram live dj sets which have been absolutely incredible not only that um they've had other entertainers doing different courses but when life is back up and running and you do find yourself in new york do check out house of yes because honestly it looks spectacular from the entertainment side the performance side the vibe of the people that are actually aligned with the club it really looks a special place and david kiss is in the group and we are good to go Yes, brother. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So let me explain to uh, anybody who's in the group, because I've, I've tried to do the live a couple of times. I got the timings wrong. For some reason, I couldn't work out the New York difference in time. So I was like, ah, oh, where is it? Uh, so apologies to you, David, and also apologies good. to anyone in the group. But we are here. We're ready to rock. And let's, let's cook on some positive gas. Yes. I'm excited to be here. I mess up the time zones all the time constantly so i totally get it yeah it's like it's 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 so one of those things it's like for example uh so i do stand-up comedy and i was in australia last year sort of the start of like well yeah march february march last year and everyone would say oh it's like 11 hours but i couldn't work out if it was 11 in front or 11 behind and then i just kept juggling and i kept ringing everybody at crazy times like it's just I'm just in, I'm a brother who's in the moment all the time. That's how I always get out of it. My timekeeping's not the best. And I'm just a brother who's in the moment. Anytime oh, I it's all good. moment. It's all good. I see someone's asking, where's my wig, handsome? And I'm like, I don't know what wig you're talking about. This is my real hair. <laughs> <laughs> what wig? Um, so, so yeah, let, let's, let's talk about that then. Because obviously when you play, you've got like, is it like a step into an alter ego world or is it maybe just like just the get up that you like to wear while you play? Um, that's actually a fairly recent thing that happened while I was on a gig. Um, some of my, so um, my homies at House of Yes, sometimes we get gigs like corporate jobs where we go and put on a party for someone and, and uh, make actual money. <laughs> and so we got hired to play a, to do a Vogue type party, a ball at um, on like the penthouse of a hotel overlooking Central Park, wow. which is really cool. And there are all these wigs there. And I saw this amazing hair that, and I put, I was like, I need to put that on. All the other performers are looking fabulous. And you know, I'm the DJ, so I'm like, I need to have some kind of a look to go with them. So I just put it on and, and it, it looks like it would be my hair, even though my hair is like wavy and dark brown, it, it kind of matches my facial hair. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, and I gained a massive appreciation for people who are performing and wearing wigs all the time because it's it's kind of really itchy. annoying. It's yeah. itchy, it's terrible, but it is fun. And I do feel like I am a little bit of a different person when I'm wearing it. So I've taken to wearing it, um, not all the time, but often, especially if I'm playing like disco and like, upbeat house music i'll just put it on um and for the live streams that we've been doing for house of yes uh, i don't really think it's very interesting to watch 
me DJ. So I feel like the wig adds a little layer of interest. And uh, yeah, I've been getting a lot of feedback on it. So yeah, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll admit me, I thought it was naturally a hair like when I was watching on the, so anybody who's watching, please go and add House of Yes NYC on Instagram. They've been doing a lot of live streams, a lot of the other entertainers, not just David and his DJ sets, a lot of uh, interesting sort of guidelines and pointers into be it makeup, into dancing, just the, the flamboyance of entertainment. If you are into that life, definitely check out House of Yes because there are some really cool bits of content that have been created and put on there. But uh, how I sort of came across and, and yourself was the uh, DJ live set. So how are you finding it out there? I mean, obviously not to really dwell on what's happening in New York because I know that's quite heavy, but how are you finding, you know, playing the live stream in a, in a so somewhat empty club? Uh, it's amazing. The first time we did it, we did it in the club. It was a little too cold for that. So we've actually moved to House of Yes office. But is that it, where it, it is now then? Yeah, it's in the office. Right. Um, we may go back to the club at some point. Um, but it's been amazing because what we do is we have this Zoom dance party and I get to see all my friends and new friends dancing and it's a blast. So actually it's great. I, it's weird for me to DJ to, to that. I'm used to playing off of the energy in a room. Yeah. That's like how I learned how to DJ. So that it's weird to not be able to do that. But I've, it's also a little bit freeing too, because I know that I can kind of go in any direction and I don't have to cater to the energy in the room, which, which I love to do and is very important to me. But because it's not there, it's kind of just catering to what am I feeling? So that's what stood you know. out. I felt. I felt like that you were still vibing with an energy because I was, I was watching WrestleMania and WrestleMania was on <laughs> you and the mute. You was like the soundtrack to WrestleMania. And what shocked me and surprised me, and one of the reasons that I wanted to reach out was just the, the difference in styles that you weren't afraid to sort of stitch together in the way that you were really blending and mixing them in. And it was like a real like, I want to say a raucous energy in a in a calm way. It wasn't like, you know, 144 BPM raucous. It was just nicely, like, groovy. That's exactly what it was, just groovy, man. It had soul. Thanks. That's just, that's just me. I, like, I can, I'm a ADD. Uh, my music tastes vary widely. You know, I, I'm looking over here. I can show you real quick. Yeah, man. I have a lot of records here, and every one of these shelves is a completely different style. Um... And so I, I just, I like to hear a lot of different kinds of music. I can stick with one vibe, but it's weird for me to stick with one vibe. And I like to, even if I'm going to go in a techno direction, I always, I'm like, well, now I'm kind of missing some, you know, hi-hats and some guitar. And so I'll go there and then I'm like, all right, well, this has been a great vibe for a while, but I really want to hear something at a totally different tempo. So that's kind of where I go and uh, you know, I try to still keep the energy at a certain level, even if I'm moving around in genres, but that's, uh, that's just me. I, I like to listen to a lot of different types of music. So, and I want everyone else to hear all other types of music. Um, sometimes under different aliases I've DJed where I stick to one vibe. And I have to say, it's very difficult for me to do that. Mm, I agree. You know? I, I, so I DJ as well. I play uh, oh. over here, I play in Manchester. And uh, I play different bars, which allow me to play like certain styles of music. So that's why I sort of like get out of that. But there's always like a, 
a Venn diagram where in the middle I always want to cross over and I, I also want to shock people. I want, I want people, one of the earliest DJ lessons I ever learned was being a clubber because I, I feel I did my apprenticeship on the dance floor as a raver mm -hmm. and then I loved the music so much. I felt, right, this is what I want to play because this is how I felt at particular moments through different, you know, from gigs to DJs to playlists, whatever, what have you. And um, one of the times, I, there was a, there's a DJ from Scotland called Jackmaster. And, um, of course, part of him. Oh, sorry, did you, you cut off, did you get any of that? I did, yeah, I'm still with you. So, yeah, there was a, there was a DJ, uh, it was a DJ from Scotland called Jackmaster and his mixings, it, it's it's, um, it's, it's just like, it's mind-blowing what he's able to do. And um, he was playing quite a bit more of a, a bass-heavy set, and some of my friends went out for a cigarette, and I don't smoke, so I stayed on the dance floor. And I'm talking, like, 134 BPM, like, grime and garage, like, real going heavy. And he mixed in Cindy Lauper, girls just want to have fun. Mixed it in, first verse, sorry, first, first verse, first chorus, second verse, chorus. Mixed it out. My mates came back in. I'm like, he's just played Cindy Lauper, and they're still to this day, don't believe me. <laughs> that is what I want. I, do, I want those moments where if, you, if, you, if you're not on the dance floor, you don't know what you're missing out on. And ever since then, I took that as a lesson. And I felt your mixing style was quite similar. You know, that, that you can tell when you were playing, uh, you were locked into Todd Surge for a bit. So there's appreciation there. There was some LCD sound system, you know. But it was just everything all across the scope. And I, I really think that that's an interesting mixing pot. And... Is that something when you're playing at House of Yes and as a booker as well, is that something that you have authority over the actual taste and the sound of the club or is that given from the club and you sort of mould to that? Um, yeah, so that's a great question. I do have pretty much that authority, mostly. Um, the owners do sometimes weigh in on what they're looking for you know, they want a specific DJ or a sound for a specific, for a night, but generally that is my decision and my varied taste in music plays a huge role in that. And honestly, I feel comfortable doing that because before I was in this role at House of Yes, I was, I was just the resident DJ there and I was the first resident DJ. And so I felt, and they really liked that I would do things like that. So I, you know, in the middle of a house music set. So in the main room, it's generally house music, but sometimes I'll just pull off uh, off road and go somewhere. And that I think is very integral actually to the feeling of House of Yes. Even if it's not necessarily like everybody's into it, even if it's like a weird, what just happened? Weirdness is a big part of it. and throwing people off a little bit and getting them to be like, well, okay, actually that was cool. It was weird, but it was cool. That is kind of very House of Yes. So, um, so yeah, so that's like why I feel that I can do that. And I try to book DJs that um, I know have a varied style and taste, even if they're going to stick to house music, I know that they're not going to be afraid to take risks. And I often encourage people, I'm like, don't be afraid to take a weird risk and go in a weird direction. That's kind of what we want, you know? Of course, like we want the energy to be at a certain place and, and the big room of House of Yes, it's a big room. So it feels that way. And uh, unless it's specifically a party that's known to be uh, a certain vibe, which may be like more of a deep house vibe or whatever, 
Um, the, the room wants the energy. It wants to be big energy. There's a lot of spectacle. There's a lot of performers hanging off the ceilings and doing aerial. And it really wants that big energy and just like, boom, to go generally. So, um, so yeah, so that plays into it. Yes. And, and it's, it makes it more interesting and fun. And I think I, uh, any DJ that's played there that is a DJ's DJ and really like understands that and loves music and isn't just in it just to play, you know, a house set and, and leave, they get that after they played there the first time and, and everyone's excited to come back and play this awesome room. Well, the thing, the thing is, it, it's a crazy one in a way because it's like, you want to do it because you feel it. And I love that. I love that because music is music. You know, I think like for me, music is the greatest time traveler of all. You can hear a tune and it can take you back to so many different memories beyond taste or smell. Music really does encapsulate so many memories and it's a soundtrack to so many beautiful stored parts, even painful. Like, you know, it's such a, a variable yeah. is music. It's such a brilliant release that you want somebody who feels it to know the energy of the room where it might be off key, but I'm going to style it and you're going to feel why I'm playing it as opposed to somebody who's doing it a bit for irony, suppose. And, and, and have, you, have you ever found that where it's not worked because people, they've just tried it because they've, tr they've, they've tried to, yeah, be a bit more ironic rather than feel that change? Yeah, um, I have seen that. I mean, it's, it's interesting because House Yes occupies a very interesting place in Brooklyn and New York nightlife. Um, I feel that, you know, when I go to other clubs, the music is more like heady and more, could be more ironic. And it's more for people that take it very seriously. And House CS can feel like it's not so serious. Um, and uh, so when a DJ that maybe is used to playing those other types of clubs comes and plays here, sometimes it doesn't go well for them because they might venture into that zone and not realize that it's it's okay to just lose like forget about that and just be have fun and and sometimes play stuff that maybe might not be as um heady or as musically respected in other clubs but will s still be awesome you know like if i went and played uh one of the other clubs here i probably would never play you know like a daft punk track at this point, you know, because people will be like, why? That's like too, too poppy, you know, but at House of Yes, I might still play a Daft Punk track. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, that Daft Punk is like almost like, you know, too popular. So in another dance party, it might pull people out of it. And, and they'll be like, why are we hearing Daft Punk right now? Generally, you know, um, once in a while, not, but generally, but at House of Yes, if I play Daft Punk, people are like, fuck yeah, it's Daft Punk and this is the, an amazing song and I'm here to dance and I'm here for it and there's nothing else going on for me. Um, I'm not trying to put any um, shade on any other clubs or anything like that. I just feel it's, it's a different crowd and different energy. So yeah, so I have seen DJs like who don't get that, experience that and find out pretty quickly, you know, that it's not for them. Um, and it's it's always an interesting thing to see happen. I don't ever say anything. I'm like, you got to figure this out or, or not. Yeah, yeah, sink or swim, definitely, definitely. And yeah. sometimes maybe just a bit of a loosener up and feel what the, the, the crowd is sort of responsive to, but also yeah. what you really want to play, like get stuck into that side. Um, would you like to 
take us through uh, a bit of a description, obviously being a, mainly a UK-based sort of chat show, but with international connections now, my brother. Uh, would you like to maybe explain a bit about House of Yes, like its origins, and then a bit more about yourself as well as a DJ and how the two worlds came to be a, a unit? Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so House of Yes is a was started by Kay Burke and Anya Shapishnikova. Hard for me to pronounce her name. They started as a, uh, they were like from a circus performer background. And originally it was an underground, totally illegal venue. Um, and at the time in New York, 2009, 2010, there were a lot of these venues in Brooklyn. Brooklyn was more of a wild, wild west situation and certainly in Bushwick, Greenpoint and Williamsburg. And so there were many of these venues. So Halcyon started like that. It went to another, a new building, which eventually burnt down and um, which is wild. And they raised, they had a Kickstarter, right? This is right when Kickstarter was a thing and they raised a lot of funds and got the current spot. They got some, two additional partners, uh, Elon Telmont and Justin Ahayan. So it's probably a party for the people. The people really like backed it to put it where it is. Yes, the people put it where it is. Um, they built this legal venue, which came to be uh, about four years ago. And and that's how so yeah, so and and their background is circus performers, um, less of a nightclub vibe so the vibe is very much like i said a spectacle and always like circus performers and a lot of bizarre uh, perf weird activations and performances in different areas of the club um i'd say a lot of the I, all of them have been to burning man and a lot of people who work at house of yes have been to burning man so there is uh some of that vibe there a lot of the uh you know immediacy and um community aspect of it everyone who works at house of yes is like a, we're like part of a big family of like freaks and weirdos and um i feel very close to them and i've worked in many other venues as a dj and never really felt that vibe i think we're all like I, everybody who works there no matter what their job is is an artist and has some sort of something to give and often they do and so people who might be like working the line outside three months later might be like doing some kind of a dance performance or a year later they're an aerial performer so everyone's kind of got something to give and that's the vibe and it's and everyone cares a lot about the experience of people who are attending the club and we really want everyone to participate and not just consume mm. you know and so we try to create a space all the time that will allow people to come in there and free their mind from whatever else is going on and participate and not just look at the spectacle, but to actually like get involved. So everyone who works there is trying to constantly get everyone involved. And that's how a lot of people actually have come to work there by just like hanging out and loving it. And then talk, you know, talking to Kay or Anya and not realizing they're talking to the owner of the club, who's <laughs> just as much as a weirdo as they are and who then pulls them in. So, um, so that's like how House of Yes has come to be. Um, my own involvement was that I knew of House of Yes early on because I had my own underground space in Greenpoint, which is a, a neighborhood here in Brooklyn. Um, and so I was just like a part of the 
on the DIY warehouse community and I went to house. Yes. Several times. I think I even played guitar one time at the, the, the version of it that uh, burnt down with a band like randomly. So when they, when they were doing the Kickstarter, I was aware of it. And when they reopened, I was there that night. Uh, it was on new year's Eve, which by the way is a terrible time to open a club on new year's Eve. Don't do that. <laughs> um, it's just like, don't do it on the most popular night of the year, you know, do it any other night. So um, I had my own party. I, I produced parties in New York and which is kind of how I uh, ended up at House of Yes that night. I did my party and then I went there to DJ with a friend of mine at House of Yes at like five o'clock in the morning and to check out what the new spot would look like. It was uh, very much DIY. I remember looking at the stage and there was this jumble of like cables in front of the DJ booth. And I was like, hmm, I know this is supposed to be a pro new house of yes, but this feels very much like, you know, the DIY situation. And uh, the sound system was no good at the time. There was like a massive latency. So if you press play, like you just heard this, like it would be like milliseconds behind. So it was weird. Um, I overheard Anya walk by me very loudly talking about how they didn't really have a liquor license. This is on New Year's Eve. So it was like pretty fucking crazy. Um, but the vibe was amazing. Um, so I went back to them and I was like, hey, I want to throw a party here. I had this party called Things Might Get Weird with some friends of mine. So we did a, a Valentine's Day party. It was really successful. And they just like kind of kept asking me to DJ there. And before I knew it, Kay, one day Kay was like, hey, uh, do you want to be a, res a resident DJ here? You can put House of Yes after your name. And I'm like, oh my God, I would, I would love that. <laughs> please. So that's how I became involved. Um, and uh, it's been it's been great. And and my own background, as far as that I, um, I grew up here in New York, my dad is from Brooklyn, my mom, my dad lived in Brooklyn, my mom right outside of the city. And I grew up in the Hasidic religious Jewish community here. Um, my family are all musicians. And uh, I was a wedding musician, like wedding guitarist in the Orthodox Jewish wedding music scene, which is wow. a very interesting scene. Yeah, I was a guitar player and vocalist. And, um, but I also was always throwing like house parties and stuff outside of the city. And uh, I was once at Urban Outfitters and I came across this little uh, DJ controller where you could take two iPods and DJ off the iPods. You couldn't change the tempo. You couldn't do anything other than mix between them, you know? And so I just kind of bought that and started using it at the parties that I threw. And because I was always like obsessed with the vibe, the vibe is the most important thing to me. And if the music is no good, the whole vibe is affected. So I have control issues with music and the vibe. And so I would always just be on top of that. And before I knew it, I was like DJing parties in, in the city. And um, then I opened this uh, illegal venue spot with some friends of mine in 2009. And that kind of, got me a lot of connections with party throwers and other DJs. And what that's kind that of- What was that scene like? What was that scene like, that DIY scene? You know, I, you, we hear stories of Brooklyn and it's, it's it, it, what I'm finding really like incredible to, to understand is from the eighties and the nineties when the hip hop sort of underground scene was mm -hmm. coming through. to then now hear about another underground scene that was coming through with this, this exposure of empty warehouses, I, you know, we. Because it's not uh, publicized, and New York right. is such a mecca of uh, 
creativity and life and vibrancy that's going on in the city, if you're not on the ground involved in these worlds, especially when you're on the other side of the, of the planet, like you sort of miss out on these. So can you take us through that sort of warehouse stage of New York? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, first of all, it's, it's full of weirdos, you know, anybody who's going to do something like that is a weirdo. It's, I would say everyone, almost everyone, all artists, because a lot of people. Hello, everyone. Sorry about that. Mid-story and Instagram decided to uh, kick us off. A couple of technical issues today. Apologies about that, but uh, we're going to get stuck back into the story as soon as David Kiss comes back online. I'll be able to add him so that we can go back live again and uh, pick up where we were in the middle of. Right? Meeting little story that, and then Instagram doing what it does crazy but thank you for joining as well if you've got any questions uh about the chat feel free to put them through and um i'll put them to him uh, if i can fit them in just wait for him to come back through now shout out to clayton in the group uh, great chat with him anyone who wants to catch up on that you can catch it on the live from before and also what i will be doing is uploading all of the lives that i've done from this week and you can find them on youtube friday uh, I'll be sending them to the people who've appeared and putting them on, on the socials as well. So we'll get that out. David's back in the group. So he pick up where we just were. There we are. Hello, sorry about that. Instagram oh, just seemed to just finish the... Instagram couldn't handle that story. They knew it was it was illegal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the listening, the listening, the no. Yeah, listening in. Yeah. So anyway, what I was basically getting at was uh, that was the the vibe it was very wild. Uh, it was awesome, and all the other warehouses in Williamsburg, Greenpoint, and and Bushwick are all they're all up to the same thing. So House of Yes was doing the same thing too, and so you kind of knew, um, and. Yeah, it was it was a magical time. They they have cracked down since on that, and uh, but I have to say that it was interesting because the city passed some zoning laws at the time that allowed people to live in warehouses like that. They made it easier for people to live, and that was great. Um, the what really changed was that the developers, as always, started picking up on what was going on, and so. They started buying up these warehouses and converting them into like legal living spaces. And once you have that kind of thing happen, um, people start to complain about noise and people congregating and all sorts of the usual shit. So that has kind of moved away. Uh, I, I know that there's some stuff still going on, but um, generally not. Also, a couple of years ago, there was a massive fire at, uh, in uh, California at the ghost ship which was a, a, a venue like this and the cops here cracked down as well there was also a local uh crew that throws parties called city fox and they got shut down on halloween they tried to throw a massive halloween party at a super fun site um super fund is basically um buildings or sites that are have been poisoned from whether it was, you know, a factory. I think it was a factory that they tried to throw it in and it was just like, you know, the government's trying to clean that site up. So to throw a party there is wild, wildly irresponsible. So they got shut down and the cops at that point started really cracking down on this. So 
that scene has kind of like disappeared. And I, I really miss it because it was, there was a moment where you could just like go to all these amazing warehouse parties and it was totally, you know, ridiculous and free. I suspect that there's stuff like that happening right now in Jersey city and other cities near New York city that are, that people have been moving to because the rents are cheaper. So. Do you find that you were a part of the pulse of the city at that time? Did it feel really, you know, electric? You were on the, you were on the cusp of something so wild and big, but so secretive as well and underground. I didn't feel that way. I was so zoomed in on what I was doing that I didn't really think about that other than when sometimes I'd look, I'd like be standing at the back of the room or outside because we had this out and look at all these people. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. We have all these people coming into our spot, having an amazing time. That's really cool. But I never really thought of, of it. Now, when I look back, I, I know that I was part of that scene. But at the time I wasn't, I was just like, holy shit. And also it was very stressful because there was a constant fear that someone would get hurt, you know, or the cops would come or just like, there's just like a lot of shit like that. So it was like stressful trying to pay the rent. So I didn't really see it that way, you know, until a few years later. And now when I see like how it led to where I am now, you know. Do you think, cause as you say in this, it sounds like there could be almost like a book written about it. Like were the photos taken and do you think that that time should be documented? Yeah, I think so. I think it would be great actually there's a lot of people that were responsible for different spaces like this, like House of Yes and, and my place. And it was a place called Shea Stadium and um, the Market Hotel and uh, Ruby Lot, which was like basically the inventor of this in New York City, in Brooklyn for this era. I think there's definitely a lot of stories to be told there. Um, I know that a lot of these places have amazing stories and they're, everyone is really responsible for the for moving the club scene from Manhattan to Brooklyn. Like mm. this basically moved it. The, the club scene in Manhattan at, right now is basically dead. There's barely anything there. It's because of this. Was that quite high end when that was happening anyway? Did that feel quite an exclusive, you know, in Manhattan? Uh, that's the impression I'd get from like that. Um, yes. What it'd be like in, in Brooklyn. Yes and no. It depends where. But like it used to be like you went to the meatpacking district, which was high end and not. But it was just like very basic and mostly just like pop music and, and you know, regular like club stuff. And then there were different parts of Manhattan where it was exclusive, but the music was really good and more underground. Um, but yeah, if you went over to Brooklyn, it was like no bottle service a dirty warehouse people just there just to dance nothing exclusive um and that was really fun and nice now it's kind of uh it's turning almost into manhattan the club scene here so but at house of yes we still try to keep that spirit alive you know we have like bottle service which helps pay the bills but we really try to keep that that live um dirty kind of chaotic feeling going and uh you know, I'd like to think that we, we do, you know, so. What's it like, um, it's schedule then? Obviously you've got your weekend parties, but is, is it open throughout the week? And you know, the mixture of entertainment, how would a regular week look at House of Yes? Yeah, there's a lot of events at House of Yes every week. Um, there's late night dance parties, as you mentioned, those are generally on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. But the rest of the week, there are, there's like an earlier slot where we have 
circus shows or variety shows, sometimes film like immersive film screenings. So on like Wednesdays at 7 p.m., we have this thing called Amateur Burlesque, which is a very popular party. It's like we have a long runway set up. People come and they get to be their best burlesque or drag selves. And that's followed by this drag competition called Hot Mess that goes into the late night around 1 a.m., 2 a.m. So that's like a, a normal Wednesday. Uh, a Thursday is something early. Sometimes it might be a live band or show or a film screening. Yeah, have Converse done things there? What's that? Converse. I think I've seen Converse do gigs, uh, hold yeah. exclusive gigs there. Yeah, all sorts of companies and, and brands have done things at House of Yes. Um, and basically we we inject our vibe and our performers into that sort of event and make it as weird and ridiculous as possible. So yeah, so that might happen on an earlier side or it might be a private, like you said, a private event or um, a w even weddings. And and then on Thursday nights, we have a free party. It's it's We keep that free. That's like to the community. It's called Dirty Thursdays. It's more of an open format vibe. So like hip hop and pop and house music and kind of all over the place, reggaeton. Um, and then Fridays and Saturdays, again, during the day, there's uh, during the earlier slot, there's that earlier type of programming. It might be a variety show with like aerialists. It's like a sit down variety show. It could be uh, on sometimes we have this thing called Deep Beats Yoga, which is like a yoga uh, thing for people to do with like a deep house soundtrack happening. And then there's the late night dance parties. And then on, on, when, the, when the weather's nicer on Sundays, we usually have daytime parties on Sunday. So that's what it looks like. And Mondays and Tuesdays were generally closed. Sounds spectacular, man. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. the final one from me then is with yourself as your, your DJs, you know, do you feel like where you're at, do you have aspirations to obviously be playing a bit more around, not just other clubs in New York, like you were saying before, but maybe around Europe and, and build that side of it? Or is New York such a mecca and such a place that you've got yourself establishing that? arguably the, the greatest city on the planet and, and that's where you feel most set. Yeah, I mean, I, I love New York. I'm a New Yorker. I love playing here. Um, I do love to play in other parts of the world and I have gotten to do that here and there. It's a blessing. Of course, I'd love to do more of that, but I think that my, my main thing is producing events um, and where I can do that best is in New York City. Um, but I... I I love to DJ in other places and have tried to produce events in other, like we did a, a Mike at Weird Party in the Dominican Republic, which was awesome on the beach. So I want to do more of that. I think for me, um, the best case scenario would be yeah, producing an event somewhere and DJing at that event. You know, that's like, because I really feel as a DJ, um, it's awesome and I connect with people, but if I'm like helping to really create the experience on a larger scale, that's really like where my heart is at. Do you think no. that it could go on tour like over here? And I'm sure they've played out in America as well as a brand called Elro, which is, yeah. you know, yeah. So you're familiar with Elro. Like, do you think House of Yes has, has scoped to maybe do that? Where the entertainers and the residents go under the, the umbrella of House of Yes, but take over other places? I think so. I mean, we've been asked to do that a lot. We've So we've done pop-up clubs at Bonnaroo and Life is Beautiful in Las Vegas. And um, we did a pop-up party at ADE this year in Amsterdam. So 
I, I could see it going that way. People definitely reach out to us all the time about sending performers and DJs and just bringing the vibe somewhere. It's, it's just very expensive, but you know, to bring performers and everyone, it's just a lot of money. Um, so the rate is pretty high, but I think that um, as we continue to grow, I, I could see us definitely going in that direction. You know, we have a connection to Glitterbox. We yes. love them so much. They come and throw a party at House of Yes three, four times a year. And they are doing that kind of all over the place, just like Elro. So we kind of see it maybe down the line getting there, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, one step at a time. Like for me, it's always important. The baby is House of Yes in Brooklyn to keep the, the soul and the vibe of it just like top notch. Yeah, and anytime we do it, yeah. Anytime we do an event somewhere else, that could affect that because yeah. our, we're like focused on something else. So, you know, slowly. If you look away from what you actually have, then the wheels can come off it, so to speak. Correct, correct. Perfect. And especially in these times, we're not even sure where, what that's going to look like. So right now we're all super focused on keeping House of Yes alive and afloat, and, and we're, we're going to. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be back. Um, and that's why we're doing these streaming things. That's basically why how we connected, because we were just like trying to keep that vibe Sorry, you cut out then. Can you hear me? You cut out then. Can you hear me? No. Can you hear me? <laughs> I'll... I'll come off and I'll come back on. I'll come off and I'll come back on. Couple of times, a couple of uh, technical issues there, obviously under the circumstances, you understand that, but um, we're going to be chatting with chappers in a few moments, but fingers crossed David does come back on just so we can uh, finish up. Scarlett, thank you for your message there. Glad that you got locked in and enjoyed that. Um, I'm we're just going to actually finish it off all being well, so hopefully he comes back on. Respect to everybody who has been on the feed at the moment. See if he comes back through just so we finish. Just so everybody who's coming on, I've just been there speaking with David Kiss, uh, DJ and Booker for House of Yes in New York. Real good chat. He's just coming back. We're just going to wrap it up now. Yes, brother. I'm glad you managed to come back just to yes. wrap it up then. That yes. Was crazy. That was it, would crazy. Be, it would be weird to not be able to say goodbye properly. Yeah, yeah I felt that because it was like, you know, the last moments of it. But like, yeah, we definitely wanted to wrap that up. And I felt yes. what you were saying as well. It was amazing because, you know, the fact that you are doing the Instagram lives, look at the power of them. This, this has been born out of that. So the spirit of what that club, you know, stands for, it's definitely been reached and felt. And uh, especially from That's what awesome. you, yourselves are doing as well. So honestly, I, I definitely keep checking in. Anybody who is in the group, do add House of Yes, NYC, and also David Kiss. The I is with a number one, just so you can get some quality vibes. 
from the people across the pond where the party really, really does represent and step up. Um, have you got any final one, any live streams that are going to be coming up over the next few days? I think you said you do Saturdays, don't you? Yes, we're going to be doing, there's, there's always stuff happening in the House of Instagram live. There's like drag shows, as you mentioned in the beginning. Um, but we'll do another dance party this Saturday night. I may DJ in the beginning and at the end. I'm going to have a friend, Dustin Chartrain, DJ from Detroit playing. Um, and we're actually going to start featuring a lot of friends, DJs around the world to play because everyone's been reaching out. But yeah, every Saturday, uh, 8 p.m. New York time <laughs> to, around, to, around, to around 12, 1230 uh and then Sundays, 3 p.m. our time for about three hours to 6 p.m. We're, we're having just Zoom dance parties. So all you have to do is you can just actually just go to the house. He has Instagram and the instructions are usually there how to get to the Zoom and be part of the dance party. And yeah, we're going to keep doing them and doing more programming and just keeping the, the spirit going. And, and the we're the vibe because you know we're here in new york city and it's super important for everyone to be able to still feel like they're part of this community so we'll we'll continue doing that and and we can't wait to be back in person with everyone i can't wait to meet you ben in 100%. person i'm gonna get myself out to new york I, I had plans to do that so it's real great that we've connected you know i'll obviously uh away from this we'll have a catch up keep in touch I'll let oh, you know yeah. about my comedy and my DJing and see if uh, I get the honor of playing a house of yes one day. Yeah, can't wait to dance with you in person. Yes, brother. Respect. You take it easy. Stay safe in New York. Big up everybody involved with the club as well. And thank you, you too. for uh, linking up on this. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Have a great one. Take care, brother. Bye, Bye. everyone. Take care. There you are. So that was David Kiss. Uh, get involved with that interview if you did miss that it's going to be up on my live for the next few moments 24 hours but I will be copying all the interviews that have been done thank you Amber uh, all the interviews that have been done they'll be uploaded on YouTube and then we will be cracking back on sending out the link so that you can see it at your own leisure what I'll be doing is ending this one now and then I'll be coming back live with the man himself, Chappers, Mark Chapman, BBC Match of the Day, two hosts. I'll be going live with him in a few moments. So make sure if you're interested in seeing that chap, switch over to the other side. See you in a few.